Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Please take note of the housekeeping details that are on your right. Change your chat settings to everyone in the bottom right-hand corner and tell us where you're tuning in from today. Who's going to be first? Utah. That's a, I think that's a first for Utah. Shout out to Utah for being quick on the draw. Miami, my hometown. Yotasabe, hermano. Uh, Fraser Lake in British Columbia, British Columbia on my list. I will see you soon. That's a guarantee. Shout out to Canada. You always showing us love Rhode Island in the house, ATL, my backyard. What's happening? India. What time is it in India right now? I guess it depends on where you're at, but what time is it there? Columbia, South Carolina, my home away from home, SFO, Nigeria. I love our international crowd, man. We, we rock it out here. This is dope. Let's kick things off right here. We know it's Memorial Day weekend. We got a lot to cover. I'm going to go ahead and launch this question right here to find out who is in the room. What are you? That's what we want to know. Are you an SDR? Are you an AE? You are here to learn how to capture your prospects' attention and accelerate deals. Welcome back to the Sell Better Daily Show, where we help you sell better, plain, simple, and easy. Let us know what you are by taking part in the question there. Today, we are going to get your prospects' attention and then add fuel to the fire. I'm your host, James Say What Sales Buckley, Master of Ceremonies, and I am here joined by two heroes of hello, two masters of motivation. Mr. Gario Harrison of Curious is also the fractional CRO over at Clario, and he is a partner at Curious. This man is a born sales leader. That You're going to get a lot of value from him today. Welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, this is always a good time for people. This is your first time on the show, so just ride this wave, homie. It's a lot of fun as we roll through this. I am also joined by Mr. Harry Sims. Harry is the SDR leader at Scratchpad. Scratchpad has been on our radar for a hot minute. He provides the antidote to the pitch slap right on his LinkedIn profile. Stick around at the end. We're going to give you that link. You guys need to stop pitch slapping people. Before we dive in, if you're looking to level up, go ahead and scan this QR code to learn more about The Daily Show. We are doing this every single day. So be sure and sign up. Also explore our YouTube channel. You can catch clips and highlights from the show every day right there. I want to give a big thanks to our sponsors, our partners, these people, without them, we could not do this. Apollo.io, one-stop shop for sales engagement. Definitely a great product you want to check out. Big shout out to Gong, longtime partner at Sell Better, and for the best intelligence in your conversations on the market. You want to check out Gong for sure. But it's all about Vidyard today. Here is a chance to elevate your demos. We're going to give you four essential strategies, a step-by-step -step guide, and we're dropping this in the chat right now. Go and get this. This is a great way that you can step your demos up and get it done. So make that happen. We're putting that in the chat for you. Let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to get today. You're going to get techniques to captivate those prospects. Getting your attention has never been harder. Let's take a look at some of these results right here. Let's check it out. Hey, we got AE's prospecting in the house, gentlemen. <laughs> and you're going to learn a lot from us today, guys. I guarantee it. Uh, strategies for sustaining that attention once you've earned it. Very difficult for salespeople to do in 2023 for sure. Uh, and then leveraging that momentum to make that deal close on time. Let's talk a little bit about getting attention first before we say anything about it. Uh, Gario, you had some really specific things that you do that helps you to gain the attention of your prospects. Break some of those down for us, sir. All right. Um, I want to, before I jump in with some, you know, tips here or what I do, uh, it's, I just want to double click on what you said. Like, it's never been harder to get a to get the attention of our prospects. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot of people that are that are hitting up those inboxes. So we really need to to 
position ourselves as, you know, someone that they would actually want to get a hold of, right? Or to get a hold of them. So one of the things that I do, if you know, if you go up to my LinkedIn profile, you see that it's it's optimized for my ICP, right? Like when they look at it, they're going, um, this is someone that I actually want to respond to when they connect. Um, and then from there, like do the research, do the homework, getting, you know, knowing who you're reaching out to, what's going on with them. Um, you know, it's it's no longer just generic messaging, but you know, making sure that you are um you know, connecting in a way that makes sense to them and then continuing to engage with them over and over again by commenting on the stuff that they're doing on LinkedIn, again, just to get that notification and staying top of mind. The thoughtful commentary is something I've brought up frequently. I have never been a fan of good post, nice pick, great job. Like, I think that people do this and they believe that it's helping them with the algorithm, but in reality, they're just not very meaningful comments. And I think they just get the typical reaction and then the person moves on, right? Uh, but Harry, talk to me about whether or not you agree with Gario. Is this something that you do as well? Uh, where does it live in the SDR world? Those are the folks out there traditionally trying to capture attention. Yeah, sure. I'm, uh, I'm just happy for any comments at all on my posts. So anything's fine. Very humble, my friend. Uh, I agree with Gary O completely. And today is it's harder to prospect than than I've ever experienced it in ten years. Um, I I use yourself sales and marketing, and it's usually a higher ACV, usually to C level, VP level, and these people are hounded every single day, yeah. and the qu quality of outreach is usually high volume, low quality, usually. Um, but I really believe that these sorts of buyers are telling the world what they care about every single day. And if they're not telling them what they individually personally care about, their businesses are telling the world what they care about every single day. So you've got to do the work to find that and use it in your messaging to make it about them. That's number one. Um, and I always come back to uh, Josh Braun, David Trott, the Red X and the Sea of White Circles. Uh, that stuck with me ever since I saw it. It was years ago. And you kind of earn that mind share. You earn that attention by being slightly different than everything else. Um, and that's, uh, I suppose, my my main tip. In terms of accelerating deals, we've just started using Cabal, which just lets you um, activate your advisor network and your investor network to and their networks. And it's less about, hey, meet my CEO. We're using it for open opportunities just to validate the problems we're solving very, very early above the line. Uh, and that's another thing that's that's helping us, I, I suppose, accelerate early days, but is looking very positive. Yeah. Uh, I the, the, When you mentioned Cabal, I, I had never heard of it before, so I had to go do the oh, really? I hope all of you are going to go do the research on some of the tools that get dropped here today because they are able to help you. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about some changes that have happened in our society as a whole and how it's impacting salespeople at the SDR, AE, customer success level. I believe our attention spans have gotten shorter. I've heard it said that we have TikTok brains, but there are ways to capitalize on that short attention span. So Harry, if you could start off with the ways that you've been doing this, that would be a good place to start. And then Gario will pass it to you and talk about how you've been doing it because I love your creativity, man. Thank you. Um Broken record is personalization for me, but uh, there's some people that do this really, really well without so much personalization. Uh, Jesse Olouette is one of them. Jed Marley as well. Everyone knows him and Jesse. They've done this through education around deliverability. Um, and I actually just started working with Mailshake because of that. Um, Jed taught me something new 
that I didn't know enough about, right? And that interrupts the pattern. Uh, peer signal, key play, they do the same thing with research. They give research out to the community and that gives my attention. I'm on their website. I nearly spent $1,000 on my list from them the other day just because they'd given me so much value over the years. Um, you're doing it right now, James. You're you're educating your market right now, and this is this is your tactic. You've got attention from 151 people right now. <laughs> so education is a, is a big one. Helping me be more awesome um, is 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 one I really think. And then social proof, customer marketing, customer voice. User Gems obviously has the tools to do it, but they actually do it really well themselves on social feeds. If you look at your LinkedIn social feed and you're in the sales and marketing space, you will see User Gems customers talking about how awesome they are, and that's another thing that I think is a, is, is a no brainer. No, I think that's like the fourth tool that you've dropped right there. Uh, all right, Gario, uh, you said <clears throat> to pride yourself on being proactive. How do you proactively take steps to, to better your chances of earning this attention? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm with Harry on the education front. Um, you know, again, it's all about positioning ourselves you know, as, as sales professionals, as being a trusted resource, right? Like we're we're here to help them, our prospects and our existing clients solve a problem. So in order to do that, we have to help them understand, A, that we understand their problem and B, that we understand the challenges they're going to face when implementing our solution, right? So we really want to put this in ourselves as being on the same side of the table, if you will, right? So you know, if you look at my uh, LinkedIn profile, you see that I post quite a bit, right? These are all topics and things that my target audience is thinking about right now. And it'll evolve based on what I'm hearing in conversations. Um, and the reason why I do that is, again, it's about being proactive, right? Like if I'm reaching out to someone, I've done the research and I hit them up, they're going to look me up, right? The same thing that I'm telling them I'm going to be talking to them about they got to see that I know what I'm talking about there as well. Um, and then, you know, this is something that is, uh, you know, folks fall on either side of the, the the coin on this one, you know, picking up the phone, right? Like if, if, if I see that someone is engaged, I actually use Apollo.io too. So I'm a huge fan of their, of their, of their product. Um, I'll pick up the phone and I'll call, right? Because again, if, if I'm, if I pick up the phone, I call and leave a message, shoot an email, send the LinkedIn, you know, whatever they, even if they just Google me, they're going to come up with my LinkedIn profile and see, okay, this is somebody that I'm at least going to give the time of day. Yeah. It, I think that has to be a chasm that you cross first. We said it kind of at the beginning of this, how do we get somebody to want to speak to us? That is the first river we have to cross if we want to get to Providence. So, uh, when we first started talking about this, we had a conversation about what the most valuable asset was in our deal, and we kind of had some varying opinions. So I'm going to launch the question now, let everybody take part in it, and we'll talk about the answer to this later uh, as we move forward. So there's your question right now. It's okay if you want to drop something in the chat because you have something specific that's really important for your deal, like the most valuable asset for you is something that's not on this list, drop it in the chat for me real quick. Uh, one of the things I brought up to both of you was that sometimes salespeople feel like there's this magic bullet or some special way to make people buy from them. Harry, when I brought this to your attention, the first thing out of your mouth was do the work. And then Gario quickly agreed. And you guys had a, a little bit of a different opinion about what doing the work was. 
but it really made sense to me that that's where your head landed. So Harry, break it down. Why is doing the work the only path to success? I don't know. Daniel, I just haven't found a magic bullet yet. I think I'd use one if, if there was one. And look, even if you find a little hack, our world changes so fast that it won't work for very long. Um, that's just that's just the reality. And um, one thing I've, I've I've been thinking about recently a lot is we've got a we've all been there in these conversations where the CFO there's no more spending, right? All tools are being questioned, and actually we're trying to reduce spend and consolidate. So I wonder if getting ahead of that and Apollo again, sorry to mention all the tools, they do that incredibly well. It's very clear to me how Apollo saves people money and replaces other tools. And I'm thinking in today's world, that may be a must for every single um, seller right now is to have that strategy in their back pocket as needed. I also feel like it might be a need for many decision makers. Take many technologies I use to accomplish goals and get just one in place so that we don't have a giant bill at the end of every month for multiple solutions, right? So that's that's a good a good reason right, right there, and I think sellers probably resonate with that too. It's it's a great pitch, Gario. You said that there was a sequence to be noted, and you gave me a good example. What do you got for us on this one? Yeah, so the so I'm speaking specifically of when we were talking about the the company that I'm selling for now, right? Uh, Clario. We're we're selling into the C-suite, and you know every every company is different. Every executive leadership team is structured differently. Um, every, uh, you know, they have different different priorities, right? So the 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 goal is to work backwards from any objections that we're going to have, all the way back to, mm. um, you know, the referral that's going to get us in the door, right? So again, it's you kind of know what the what the the objections are going to be. There's going to be a budget one, right? There's going to be a, is this going to help me solve a business goal one, right? So knowing what those things are ahead of time. And again, just being human with those people that you're asking to help you move a deal through the sales process. Um, because at the end of the day, like they're spending social capital, you know, within their organization to help, you know, you get to that next step. So again, it's, it's reverse engineering from, you know, the objection all the way back to the demo, all the way back to the person that's going to make the, 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 the warm intro to get you that, that, that opportunity to pitch. Right. So working backwards from, from the close. You know, I, I recently had an experience where I had a great initial call with somebody and then they asked me to sign an NDA, but you said an NDA is not the move here. You have a different doc that's sort of ensures that they're actually interested in moving forward what's on that doc yeah the doc that you send to people that basically says this is what we're going to do this is the value that we have yeah, yeah. and you're interested in it yes <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so you're you're talking about the executive brief so there you go all right yeah yeah one of the things that 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 we do again talking about working working backwards right is before we get that that opportunity to demo in front of the, the right stakeholders, mm -hmm. we're going to need to, you know, give them an idea of what are they, what are they demoing, right? Because it's, it's us and every other person that's trying to sell them software, sure. right? So, you know, instead of putting the pressure on our champion to go in and say, hey guys, I want to put my, my, my neck out 
for this group that I don't know, or that, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if this is going to help us solve our problems. We give them this, this executive brief, which just basically helps them get this on the agenda, right? So, so they're, so they're not having to try and, and do the selling for us. They're just passing along a document to get us on the agenda for discussion. And the document is written in a way that when the leadership team reads it as a part of, you know, their agenda and the discussion, the call to action is let's just schedule a demo to see if this is going to be a good fit. I love this because this is not a agreement or something to be taken super seriously. It is a document that says when the time comes, we'd like to be a part of the conversation. And that is as simple as you can make it. Let's take a look at some of these results before we move forward. Hey, you know, it looks like 59% of people are looking to identify the business problem. Kudos to you for that. But I also like that 28% said they are trying to prioritize those problems. I think those two can go hand in hand. And I love that those are the front runners. Kudos to everybody that took part in that question there. Uh, all right. So let's say that you've made it past the prelims. And I think I'm going to start with Harry this time. Uh, once you're past the prelims and you've earned that attention that you were trying so hard to get, the initial conversation that is, um, what's the next move that keeps that momentum going? And for Harry, this is centered around scheduling a meeting. That's his close. And then we'll, we'll go over to Gario, get his 10 cents on it as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the attitude of validating the problem and, and uh, in a way, standing off, like offering asking the buyer to tell you it's not a problem. I quite like that psychology. Um, but in terms of the AEs I, I work with, they, they're never busy fools. They, they build trust quickly. They have their credibility. It's a bit like Gary O talks about. Um, and they only really spend buyers who are solving big, scary, urgent problems. Um, and they sell the stuff that really, really matters. And they control that, uh, that narrative and that framing, which it sounds a lot like Gary O's, um, executive briefing yeah um, and when you're at that level when you're doing that the momentum is is more natural you're doing less pushing because the problem's big scary and urgent and if it's not that's okay they'll walk away um and i think it takes years of being burnt to to get that attitude right and that's why you see these companies looking for you know five ten years enterprise sales experience when they hire AEs because it takes so long getting beaten up to to sort of start thinking like that. Yeah, I would agree. It does take a long time to change somebody's thought process, let alone their behavior. And I think you have to change their thoughts before you can change behaviors. And in the end, when we're selling, we're selling change. I don't care what you sell, you sell change. When you sell something to someone and they buy it, Everything on their end is going to change from that point moving forward. Gario, when we talked about this, you said it varies from company to company, but there are a few things that every seller has to understand if they want to get a deal moving in the right direction. Break those things down for us. Yeah. I mean, it, it really comes down to, again, understanding how decisions are made in the organization, right? Um, you know, to, to Harry's point, um, it takes it takes time to kind of learn the learn the rhythmic patterns of that, right? Like if 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 someone is is stringing you along, th there's some telltale signs that you you only pick up over time, right? Um, but at the end of the day, it really comes down to just being very close to your champion, right? Like being being in a line of communication where you're continuing to offer value even you know beyond the the sales process. 
everything you're doing should be around helping them accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. Um, and again, it's, it's about building that relationship in a way that they'll be honest with you. Right. So, um, you know, multi-threading, right? Like if you go in and you're talking to your champion, their champion introduces you to other members of the team. You have another, um, into the organization. Again, just keep talking to all the different people and being that resource, that, that, that person they can turn to for advice and, and, and value. Um, there's a book, uh, let's get real or let's not play. Um, it's probably one of the best books that I've, I've come across that talks about that. And this, and I should clarify that this, this really works when you're selling B2B with a ticket item that's high enough where you can spend that time really nurturing those relationships because it does take time. Yeah. And it, you know, it's supposed to take time. Anything you've ever actually cared about or, or earned took some time. Your sales are no different. It's okay. Slow down. You're probably, you're probably not going to play SDR, AE and customer success on a single 30 minute intro call. That's probably not going to happen, right? There's a relationship that needs to be built there. One of the things that you said to me when we talked about this was that you frame every touch with a value add. And I think this is different than what a lot of salespeople get into the rhythm of. We have an initial call. We've established some interest. Harry, I'd love your 10 cents from the SDR perspective after this. Gario, you said everything that I do has a value added to it, regardless of whether or not you're asking for something. Break this down. What does this do for your prospects? How does it impact your reply rates and the way that they engage with you? Yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it increases the response rate, right? Um, when I, whenever someone takes the time to talk to me, I want them to leave smarter. I want them to leave with a little bit more insight. Yeah. Uh, they should be able to take what I've said, um, make it their own and, you know, be more valuable to the organization. That's the lens in which I look at every interaction, every conversation with a prospect. So, you know, if you, know, if you look at my, my emails, they're all, Hey, this is this is going to help you do this, right? Or, you know, you're thinking about this. Here's another way to think about it, so they, you know, again, they they leave smarter or have a different perspective. Harry, from an SDR perspective, what should people be sending to add value? Uh, is this the role of an SDR to be sending things that add value, or should we be focused only on the ask of let's get a meeting? Uh. I think, I don't think it, I think I agree generally with the point. Um, I believe that people are telling you what they value. They're telling the world every day what they value. So I think an SDR should find that. Are they the person delivering the value? Maybe not, right? But I can tell you, I know SDRs that can tell anyone how to prospect, right? Um, but I may have someone else in the organization who's far better at telling you how to um measure their sales process, right? Or, you know, improve adoption in, in Salesforce. I have people in my company who are far better at that. So you can offer that time. You can offer that education. You, you're just the vehicle at that point. Um, it's a, I always say to SDRs, uh, would, would you trust a dentist to defend you in a murder trial? Probably not. Um, it, it's that concept. You can be the vehicle, but maybe you're not the one to deliver the actual message and education. I might be a little bit nervous if I knew that my attorney 
was actually a dentist. So I absolutely I'm, I'm understand. Yeah, clever. So you you you've got that part covered. <laughs> Sky, you know, I like to consider myself clever, but I'm not sure that I'd be willing to to stand in court on a murder trial defense with a dentist as my attorney. Yeah, and I mean that, that, that's the point, right? Will will a CIO want to learn about service management from an SD? Probably not, yeah. but they will from their peer. A subject matter expert yeah. or somebody that is adjacent to them in a role. It's a good point. And we talk about bringing execs in all the time. Gario, uh, one of the points that we made here around multi-threading, you mentioned multi-threading earlier, so let's get into it. And I was really surprised to hear this because on this show, we normally hear about lots of threads going at the same time. You have a very different approach. You say all those threads are important, but there's really only a handful of them that you focus on. Which ones are those? Yeah, that's the, whoever your champion is, that's your point person. That's the person that's helping you see what's going on in an organization, what's changing, right? Um, the influencer, these are the people that are going to uh, influence the buying decision, right? And then the ultimate decision maker, right? And there's always going to be a lot of different people that you could be talking to in the organization. But, you know, when it comes to multi-threading, Again, because we have to be to, in today's selling environment, have to spend so much time on each of them. You know, it's really important to focus because you can't do, can't be multi-threading like you know six different people in an organization, right? Um, so I like to focus and encourage um, sales reps to focus on the people that are instrumental to moving the deal forward in your pipeline. So again, champion your influencer and decision maker. I think this is a stark difference from what we normally hear. What we normally hear is you should be multi-threading across the organization with all the agendas and addressing them all individually while at the same time pulling it all together in some universal thread at the end where it all makes sense or in calls, right? <laughs> well, as much as I would love to say I agree with that because it's what we hear all the time, I think you're right. I think focusing on the ones that are actually going to get the deal closed might be the better option. The other agendas can be handled during onboarding and training in the customer success portion, right? Sell the three features they actually want to buy. Let customer success get them to adopt the other 19, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Harry, on the SDR side, you said we should be validating outside the DMs constantly throughout this deal. What does this do for our deal? How does it keep our momentum going? Yeah, and I, I agree with Gary. It, it's really dependent on your motion. Um, so I'm a big believer in set it and follow it and, uh, any AEs that work with me, I, I try to partner with them and work with my team. Um, and I think one of the really simple ways an AE can work with a, an SDR to, to multi-thread and validate is, um, you can get, you can go wider, right? Does the problem that you're solving for the enterprise team also resonate with the SMB team, for example. Mm. Um, you can also kind of go bottom up, and that's very that fits very much the scratch pad motion, right? We have huge usage from AEs and frontline managers in almost every account we target, um, and that insight and intel and and validating who what the problem is and who's who cares about solving it, the urgency, the key players in the deals, uh, is very very important, and it doesn't have to be done alone by the account executive. Um, one of the one of the requests that I get all the time from from the A's I work with at Scratchpad is, "Hey, can you go and 
validate this with this person? Can you go and use the network to see if this is really a big enough problem? Um, what's going on with our competition in the deal? Um, these are all things that can be done well outside the, the people that are directly involved in the deal, for sure. And then one thing I'll just say, salespeople feel each other's pain. So there's a sales assist play here where sellers, if you just ask correctly, they will tell you the inside info on an account. You just have to go and ask for it correctly and also return the favor and offer to help. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I want to launch this question. And I'll tell you something that happens to me all the time that directly related to what Harry just said. Uh, but this is a question that came up and I think this is a sensitive button, right? It's like a hot button. Salespeople know that if they bring it up too early, they could shoot themselves in the foot. If they never bring it up or they bring it up too late, they might lose some cred. So let's talk about this after you guys take part in this question. Uh, but you know, one of the things that I think we do is we assume a lot once we get past the initial calls. So we have an initial call. Um, one of the SDR things that happen is like people will say, yeah, I'm definitely into to learn more. And we say something like, great, this is the email I have for you. Can I send you an email? And they go, yeah, sure. And we send the email. I still am guilty of finding my urge to do this all the time. And I've done it recently, recent months. I've been like, oh, that's great. I look forward to it. We'll talk again soon. And I'm like, damn it. I didn't, I did not do a good job, right? <laughs> you know, you feel like you did because they're interested, but you really didn't. Uh, so that's a good one. And Harry, you're right. There's no perfect answer there. Uh, but let's take a look at some of these results really quick. Look at that. Earlier, the better. Later, look at look how even. This is actually even. That's actually interesting for me. I think, again, it's a hot button. People don't know. Uh, so let's talk about the close, right? And I think budget leads almost every time directly into the closing scenario. So, Gario, we'll kick it off with you. Uh, th we tend to get complicated at the, the, the finance level. When should we talk about budget? Uh, is there a good way that you'd recommend salespeople ride that momentum all the way through to the end? Yeah, so I'm a huge proponent of bringing up the budget question early, okay. but the way in which you bring it up is is really important, right? So again, we're not saying this is how much it costs, um, you know, point blank, and can you afford it? Yes or no? You know, I, I like to to, to frame it as um, an investment, and specifically, if we're talking then about the business challenge that they have. And I truly believe that our product can help them solve that business problem. I usually say something along the lines of, okay, we can definitely help you solve that problem. We've done it for clients X, Y, Z. Clients that, that, that are trying to solve the problem that you're trying to solve tend to invest somewhere in this range. Does that sound like something that we should be, that, that it's in the ballpark for us to keep this, this going? Mm. And that, that's a very simple, way of saying, do we really have the problem? And is this in a range that we can um, can actually pursue it, right? For whatever reason. Yeah. That does that does two things. One, you're you're establishing a relationship with that person. So everything that we've said before about building rapport and all that um, is critical starting at this point. Because there's no there's no you know, bait and switch, like this is this is kind of where, where we're at and we're going to keep the conversation going. Starting it that early means you have the entire sales cycle to demonstrate the value. Yeah. Right? So by the time it gets to finance, they already know what the value is and finance just has to make the decision of can we afford this yes or no mm -hmm. versus, whoa, 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 can we get a discount on this? Right? It becomes more about 
how do we get started making this investment so we can get to the other side? You know, like you mentioned transformation, right? How do we get to the transformation that we're trying to get by working with this product? Yeah, that's the the mind frame you're trying to get them in is the transformation mind frame. And I like how you said you don't have to say, can you afford this? You can say, how does finance function in the buying cycle? And that sets the stage for getting into it early. Um, Harry, when we talked about this, you said you're a big fan of set it and follow it. Now, we talk to a lot of sales leaders, and this apparently is quite a hot topic. Some sales leaders quite agree that sales de- sales development reps that are setting meetings should not attend the demos that they schedule. They should be out there scheduling more demos. But you say, set it and follow it. Put a one in the chat if you think they should attend the demos they set. And put a two in the chat if you disagree with Harry entirely. Talk to me, Harry, about set it and follow it. Why is this important for you? Okay, well, I suppose a couple of things. I, they don't necessarily have to attend every demo. Okay. Um, but you can listen um, attach a, a name to a face, and especially if you've done the work to earn that person's attention, That's right. you then have a relationship with that person, um, the person you're speaking to, your buyer, um, and guess what? You can go back to them in the future because they've said yes once before. So that's that's just generally one thing. The other thing, the set it and follow it isn't just about attending all the meetings. It's learning how to take a deal from a first meeting to, to close one revenue mm. and learning from the people that have been there and done it um and it helps you become a good account executive nearly every single sales team i've ever uh, sdr team i've ever built they have a revenue component to their to their comp plan um it made sense in those environments some environments it won't and it's generally a lower volume motion high quality lower volume motion so it just made sense for me basically I would like to encourage everybody as we move forward and talk about language that that gets people talking, gets the momentum going, keeps that momentum going. Put your questions in the Q&A for Gario and Harry, because we're going to get to the Q&A segment here in just a second. So make sure you're asking those questions in the Q&A. Don't put them in the chat. I won't see them. They get buried. It's a very busy chat. Loads of ones. It looks like a lot of people in the room agree with you that SDRs should attend those demos. I want to say that I feel like it will help you to be a better qualifier as well, because- those AEs are easy. They easily disqualify companies that can't afford them, don't have the budget, don't have the tech that's needed to use your product and so on and so forth. So I think when you hear those early, you'll become a better disqualifier as an SDR. And that's a very valuable thing. Let's talk a little bit about language that closes while everybody puts their questions in the Q&A for you guys. What kind of magic language do you have? Harry, when I asked you this, you said storytelling is like big for you right now. What have you been saying to people? How has it been changing your flows, your conversations? Yeah, I'm not, um, I've never been great at this. I never really understood it, but this is the thing I'm really trying to work on right now is um, yeah. to open conversation by telling stories that have real empathy towards my buyers and helps them realize I get their world and just simply asking if that resonates. And I think what's happened, this is the first time I've sold a, a product to salespeople. So I do understand their world. Um, and maybe it was a bit of a confidence piece. I couldn't tell marketers I got their world. I couldn't tell IT service management people I got their world. I couldn't tell developers I got their world, but I can in the sales in, in the sales space. So in terms of like language, I don't think it's a specific word. It's more a, a story I want to tell and asking if it resonates. And I, I think that's been that's been working quite well for me so far. And you've had good luck with tying data points that you've done research on back to the outcomes that your prospects are looking for. And I think 
even on the pre-call, I said, it's not about the outcomes we want as sellers. It's about the outcomes our buyers want if they decide to move forward with us. And you tie data to all these things. Where do you get the data? Um, I, I think I just, I hedge and I guess. So one of the things that I like to say is, um, uh, you know, lo lots of reps, especially in the commercial space, are spending eight to 10 hours per week on admin, on Salesforce admin instead of selling. Um, that's just that's just from conversations, chorus calls. It's from yeah. feedback from you know what sucks on G two about their, their their current state. That's a simple one um, yeah. that, I, that I use often. Yeah, that's good, uh, Gario. When you talked about this, you said you had a couple of phrases, a couple of changes that you've made recently that have helped, and I really like this first one uh, because next steps look different for us and our selling cycle than they often do for the buying cycles that our prospects have. Uh, what kind of answers have you been getting back when you ask A here? Yeah, I mean, it, it's anywhere from, I, I should give some context to this. It's sure. assume that you and your, your buyer, your champion, whoever the person is that you're talking to is clear on what you're trying to accomplish, right? Which is helping them make an investment that gets them to the transformation that they're looking for, right? So, you know, it's it's always, again, it's, it, it's a way to frame it as empathy from where they're sitting to where we're trying to go together, right? And again, it's not to say, um, you know, hey, does this sound like a good next step for us? It gives them the ability to say, well, here is, here's what, I'm going to be running into if I, if I, um, if I do that, like finance is probably going to want to see X, Y, Z. So then you sure. as the seller can say, okay, here, how can I help you solve that problem so we can continue to move, move the deal forward. Sure. Right. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it, it varies. There are things like I've heard anything from, yep, sounds good. Um, you know, let's, let's schedule that, that follow-up call. Right. Um, or, you know, finance is, we're not going to be ready to make this decision until Q3. Okay, great. The next step then sounds like this, right? So it's, it's one of these things where it, it just helps you be on the same side of the table, working towards a goal, um, with whoever you're talking with. Yeah. I, and I think it helps us to be very specific about that next step. And that's a good thing because it's something that our prospects often appreciate, right? I want to know what's coming next. I don't like surprises. <laughs> I want to add one more thing that that, that might be helpful too. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes the response is, um, I, I don't know. And if it sounds uncertain or, you know, washy, um, I like to say, you know, this is what I see as being a good next step, right? So if they, if they don't have a concrete next step on their end, then again, it's all about being proactive. Know what you think the best next step should be as a part of the sales process. Yeah, to help them help them along because they. Yeah. Then, yeah, go ahead. And I, I would give you the words typically and usually that uh, I would learn that from Morgan J. Ingram. Typically, when people go next steps, this is what they do. Usually, when people say this, what we typically do is X. Right, people. This is a great transition word into those next steps. So I would say use those typically and usually are very helpful. 
Uh, let's get a couple of questions in here. This one comes from Nicole, and we'll start with Gario. What's your most effective discovery question to uncover a pain? I like that. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, to discover a pain as, you know, what are the top three priorities for your division this quarter? Nice. On a quarterly, you're shrinking it down. What are you trying to accomplish before Q quarter end, right? That's good. And Harry, you got a go-to question for uncovering a pain? I'd love to chime in there. Yeah. Um, so I promote something called uh, light discovery for SDRs. Okay. And it's part setting the agenda, confirming the meeting, and part getting them to admit to a business problem early. So they know why they're showing them. And this is a Kevin Dorsey trick. It's called the bucket question. And it's <clears throat> it gives you lots of credibility. And it goes something like this. Very early on in the call, say most people we speak to are in this situation, this context, this current state. And the root cause is either this, this, or this, so they can't do this business outcome. Does that resonate or am I way off here, right? And then instantly you're getting your buyer to admit to one of the business problems and you're saying, hey, which one Which one is it for you? Or um, is there something else that's leading to this? And you're getting focused on the problem and the root cause and the business impact early. I love this. I have often said when you give somebody a choice, they typically make one. Gario, were you going to say that? No, no, no. I was 100% I was agreeing with, with Harry. That's a solid one. You've got to remember that uh, SDRs aren't going to be taking 30, 25 minutes. We, we have three minutes, four minutes to confirm a call on a cold call before the meeting happens, right? Yeah. But you want to give the AE some context so they know how to frame the conversation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I, I love that question. That's a great question. If you didn't get it, don't worry. You'll get the recording because it's 2023. Ben asks, how do you feel is the best way to get close enough to the champion to multi-thread with the other influencers, decision makers, et cetera? Great question from Ben. Gario, let's start with you. Ooh, um, I actually just did this. Um, it's honestly like understanding what the, 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 the champion is trying to accomplish in the organization, right? And again, it's about building that relationship. So it's not just about the sale, it's about the person, right? So if the if if our champion, you know, wants to move up in the organization and wants to, you know, um, you know, we can help them knock their their business objective out the park, um, I'm gonna let them know that that's what we're that's what we're here to do as well, right? Um, and then from there, like everything that we're doing from that point, whether it be, hey, let's have a conversation with your the person who you directly report to or whatever it is, I'm trying to make sure that they are just as highlighted as the star of making this deal happen as as you know we are as an organization, right? As yeah. a service. And I, I find that when you do that, um, your 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 champion is more likely to again help you navigate the organization and that's the goal you need that champion in your corner uh harry this one is for you and then we'll sign off here let everybody get back to their day as an sdr if abc is always be closing what's your most effective way to close when the customer is dragging their feet and not looking at emails at all the channels are relevant I pick up the phone. That's what I Yeah. Do. The, cha the, the message is far more important than the channel. It's yeah. Honestly, irrelevant. We spend far too much time debating channels. It's irrelevant. 
It's true. It's true. I agree. Uh, Harry, tell people where they can connect with you. Uh, LinkedIn, Harry Sims, and uh, my website, personal-prospecting.com. It's a horrible mess, so don't expect too much from me on there. All right. Same thing. Gario, we just dropped your LinkedIn. I hope you are as responsive as Harry is on LinkedIn. Yeah? 100%. Amazing. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming out, sharing your wisdom with us today. Follow us on social media. This is where you can find us. We are all over the place. Sellbetter.xyz. We are coming for you. Right after you leave here, you're going to get a survey. Take part in it for us. Let us know how we can improve this experience for you because you are the reason that we put this together. I want to thank you guys for spending your Thursday afternoon with us. We're going to see you tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. We are off tomorrow. We will see you next week. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you soon. Get out there and make somebody smile today. Thanks for coming in, fellas. All right. Appreciate you, man.